But look, here's what I will talk about, and no doubt this will get cut into uh, a VOD or, or something. Uh, there was the um, <clears throat> there was there was uh, basically I wanted I wanted to show you the difference between Riot Games and Activision Blizzard, right? Because there is uh, there is some stuff going on that I, I think shows an interesting contrast, an interesting parallel. Now, understand, I think my record is very clear. I detest both of these companies. There's no point in trying to hide it objectively anymore. Um, I think, I think. look, my, my reporting will always be objective, Will my reporting always come from an objective place? Probably not, okay? Because um, in execution, it will be objective. But you get what's called the fire in the nuts, as Hunter S. Thompson used to call it. It's when you get truly agitated enough to sit down and dig into a story and write something up and invest large swathes of time in, into something. So... Um, for me, you know, having seen these huge games development companies, and we'll probably talk about another, um, you know, in the form of Gearbox, because look, let's let's just go over the evidence here. I'm, I'm writing an article as well. I'm writing like a, 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 an opinion piece. The games industry is rotten to the fucking core. It's been rotten to the core for a long, long time. And it's all starting to make sense now. It's, it, you know, we're starting to see bigger pieces come into, uh, you know, come into sight that weren't there before so dig back pre-2014 which is a big turning point in sort of games culture for a lot of reasons back in 2014 pre that gamers were just as pissed off with a lot of things you had the tyranny of developers which was basically you know it well it was it was multifaceted right the tyranny of developers uh i'll i'll, I'll come back to big big head for a bit the tyranny of developers it was was this first of all if you were a journalistic outlet you were a branch of pr okay you were a you were a, a, a branch of their pr and you must acquiesce to every demand that the, these ga uh, games developers made um so basically if you gave something a bad review you would find yourself on a blacklist uh, and a blacklist was very bad because it's not reviews that really drive traffic um uh, uh, well okay it is but not so, but but in addition to that it's all the build-up content so a review is one article one day once where you give a score and if you're a trusted publication which so few games outlets are now you get a big influx of traffic on that day and the sooner you can release your uh, review the, the, the better because if you're first you get all of the traffic for the people who are curious about that game and not just your regular viewers right that's the impetus behind wanting to get your review out early that's the impetus on making deals with games development companies so you have your review out you know two days before the game's on general release so people see for themselves and it is a relationship a synergistic relationship that you that works if the reviews are good because you inadvertently your good review serves as a hype generation tool which will have a positive impact on sales right so one hand washes the other this breaks down um th this this breaks down if people give bad reviews this breaks down if people give bad reviews right now it might be honest it might be genuine 
right? It might be a genuinely bad review for a genuinely bad game. But games development companies are very acutely aware that if you give something a bad review just before it goes on general launch, and we had all this build-up and all this hype, and we gave you all this access, and we gave you all this content, we're actually not getting a lot of end product for it. And the end product for a games development company is sales, it's money, it's profit. So what they do is if you give bad reviews, um, you you get cut out. Good luck ever getting an early code, you know, review code. Good luck getting an early review game. You know, good luck having a deal to get build up, you know, ancillary content, interviews with the developers, early access builds, concept art. You don't get any of that now. So blacklists were in place for a long, long time. And what the blacklist culture in games media created was a reluctance on the part of games uh, games reviewers and games journalistic outlets to give honest raw brutal reviews this is why the the number system became meaningless because in what world by the way is six, should 65% be considered a terrible review by definition it isn't by definition that means your game was above average that your product was above average that you, therefore it has some merit and will appeal to some people but a games development company goes apoplectic uh, just to answer your question there the defects it's you know it's, it's too easy to drink it's never it's never far from me buddy um the um you know, just to so wait, wait, you made me lose my train of thought with the Johnny Walker Black. So yeah, what so what they do is um, they get apoplectic about it. So this started putting um, you know the 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 uh, games reviewers in a world where it's like the bottom has to be seven, the bottom has to be seven, and it can never go below five. Like if your game is absolutely irredeemably terrible. And you are a games development company of some stature, you will never get lower than 50. Never. I mean, and typically, even that is wild, super rare instances. So they, they created a system which was kind of like, it, it, it would have worked, but gamers could see through it immediately. You know, the, the, the audience could see through it immediately. They were like, look, it's fucking 70%. So it's bad because it's not 90%. Actually, the scale is 60 to 100. Um, so if 60 is the baseline, 60 is the bottom now. Uh, and if you get 80, it's probably is an above average product. And if you get 90 or more, it's a very good game and probably a must purchase. This was compounded by Metacritic, Metacritic culture. Um metacritic what it, what it, for those that don't know i'm sure you do but just in case was an aggregator and what it would do is it would take all of the critic reviews and it would give it an average so one and and, and this was deemed so important that quite famously even obsidian um who made uh fallout new new vegas um when they were do when they were doing the game for Bethesda, they were given a bonus based on Metacritic reviews in it, and quite famously, the Metacritic reviews were so bad and so actually divorced from reality about how it was just superior in every way to Fallout Three, um, that that they missed out on this bo big bonus payment. And this was quite normal that if you didn't get if you if you didn't get 
a, uh, a, a, a an average Metacritic score that was deemed by the games development companies to be the bottom that they were they were accepting with, you would miss out on huge financial bonuses. And it's put a new kind of pressure on companies that were making these games on behalf of the publishers. So you create this unbelievably convoluted system. And basically, games have just had enough of it. We, we created a world where reviews were bullshit. We created a world where um you know where, where review scores are meaningless where metacritic scores are important where blacklists are the norm and actually nobody was interested in sort of just being a, a pro-consumer publication anymore nobody was interested in that stance there was no money in that stance not enough anyway there was a lot more money in either being an open shill publication that would take sponsorships from mountain dew and doritos and do promotional material for games or give a give a game by warner brothers like months of just additional hype content build up and then when it comes out and it's maybe a mediocre product they go well, it was only 70 but still you know so that means 70's not bad you know you, you create this absolute nonsense so people people had had enough of it and you know this is the precursor to all that gamergate bullshit that nobody talks about that basically the the, the reason gamergate is only important is it was the first time that a cartel of journalists decided to throw journalistic ethics out of the window to create a false narrative right. about people being upset with the work that they did and now we've seen actually this has gone on in politics it's gone on in in media coverage um and this this has become hugely beneficial this was how we get to the next utopia for games development companies because if we can find a, a political simpatico if we can say we are a woke studio we believe all of the things these journalists believe we create games that don't just um, that aren't just better that aren't just great games but we create games that will better you if you play them because of our systems our behavioral control systems in place the philosophy journalism. behind why they're created right. the um things that we put into the game you know and again think about NetherRealm Studios, you know, NetherRealm Studios put in, you know, anti-Trump references in there and it put in, it takes out an OK symbol because it doesn't want Johnny Cage playing the circle game anymore. And it, you know, puts in um, people going back in time and ending slavery, which again, if you're upset by that, you, you're incredibly fucking dumb. But it puts all this in there and it, because of that, right? It gives the games press something that they can latch onto. I now no longer need to write critically about the games. Right. I don't need to tell you, the consumer, about grindy, pay-to-win, um, you know, mechanics, unlockables that will take you tens of thousands of hours to get to. I don't need to tell you about that. I can tell you about how evil gamers hate this game because it's progressive in its thought process. So this was kind of a very... Um, th this was an arrangement that worked for everybody. You no longer need to talk about our games. Not on how well-crafted they are. You can talk about them politically. Think about Kingdom Come. Uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, one of the most successful Kickstarter games of all time. Completely, and I've, again, I've done a YouTube video about this, you can go find it. Completely omitted from a lot of games publications history because they, because Daniel Favre had said he thought Gamergate was people questioning um, game, games journalistic ethics. and that was, So immediately, your game doesn't exist. On a technical level, it's brilliant. On a, on a plot level, uh, you know, it, it has its ups and downs. 
a lot of fetch quests, but it's a great game and one of the most successful Kickstarter games of all time. And Daniel Vavra didn't bend or buckle to the pressure and never would. And as a result, they tried to harm the sales of the game. They tried to not review the game. And they said it was on the basis that it was actually racist because it was historically accurate to medieval medieval Czechoslovakia in the fact that it didn't have a lot of black people in the game. It still had some merchants, traveling merchants, from the Spice Trail, I, I believe, which also would have been historically accurate. But they tried to repurpose historical accuracy as racism. And that's, and, and, and rather than just, why why are we even talking about that? Why, why are we not just telling the consumers whether or not it's a good game anymore? They don't do it. So what, de so what developers do now, they tell games publications, here's how woke and amazing our game is. Here's how, um, here's, here's the behavior system in place. This will stop people being toxic on the internet. This is, um, so this is, uh, something that we put in place that'll stop, completely stop racist language. Here's our diverse cast of people, um, in the game. You know, they focus on these things and it's just cynical marketing. What we found out is that none of these people walk the walk. That NetherRealm Studios was a toxic cesspool of sexism, bro culture whatever you want to call it that didn't even have a female toilet in or a you know handy capable toilet or whatever it was from the variety report and this was reported by a dozen staff members women being bullied in interviews and told not to take bonuses but hey look you know look jack's beat slavery in the game so we're good people no you're not there is something rotten with the games industry there is something rotten with the games industry this is every game studio now it's just lies, just piled upon lies. And they tell the, the lies that the games publications want to hear. And then those publications find out, wait, this, this game we've been promoting, this studio we've been promoting, they're inherently vile. You know, think about Riot Games. They've just said now... We're not going to walk back the arbitration rules. We're not. We're not going to. Um, we're not going to do that. We're not going to walk back the arbit for the forced arbitration. And again, let's be clear about what the forced arbitration is for. If you want to work at Riot, you have to sign a contract that basically says if you uh, if you're involved in a sexual harassment issue at work, you are not allowed to sue them. You cannot sue them. You forego your right to sue an employer if they sexually harass you or are sexist against you. You must take forced arbitration. Forced arbitration means that you have to take an arbitrary route, which is done by an independent arbitrator, and you basically, they look at whether or not you have a case, and they give you a monetary sum to shut the fuck up about it. You sign an NDA, it never goes yeah, public, and because it never went through court, there are no records of it that are publicly accessible. That's why forced arbitration is desirable to a big corporation. And what we're finding out is that not only does Riot have a problem with systemic sexist culture, as I told you years ago that it did, and more things besides that haven't even come out, um, we're also finding out that they are so resistant to change. They don't care. They don't care. They will not change it. They said, hey, we're, we're, let's all have a meeting. We're so proud of you people for the walkout. Thank you. I applaud you. Mark Merrill crying, saying, oh, I've let all my staff down because it's all about me. Because I'm an egotist and a narcissist of unparalleled proportions. 
Um, but will they actually change it? Nah. Nah. We're not going to. We're not going to. We're not going to change it. There is something rotten in the games industry. Activision Blizzard data mining its customers. You know, I mean, shit. Throw a fucking dart. At, uh, right. Get every article about Activision Blizzard from the last 12 months. Throw a dart at one. And if you hit a positive fucking headline... You win a fucking prize. You win a fucking teddy bear as big as me. Because you will not fucking do it. You will not do it. Um, it. It cannot be done. It's just a slew of negative headlines. Because Blizzard is fucking rotten to the core. Activision is rotten to the core. These companies are irredeemably rotten to the core. And all they care about is money, profit, perceptions. And again, Gearbox. I mean fucking gearbox guys like like colonial fucking marines wasn't enough for any of you but they do make borderlands yeah yeah randy pitchford's a fucking gigantic turd it, it, you know like there's just something wrong with the fucking industry there's just something wrong um and and i know like people aren't talking about it people keep telling me that what's wrong with the um every week what i read what's wrong with games is game gamer culture and it must be changed but it isn't what's wrong with the gaming industry is the gaming industry self-serving publications you know and that just lie um or work in tandem with games developers who also lie consumers getting fucked over and then getting and then have been so obfuscated from the real shit they get angry over stuff like the epic games store they completely misplace the righteous indignation they should probably feel to, to other issues into issues that actually only benefit them long term um i i don't know man it, the whole thing's a fucking mess it's a fucking mess and i um i know man i i gotta uh i gotta fucking i i gotta i gotta write this article i might go to e3 or whatever the next big games convention is and like just try and interview some of these fuckos because it's ridiculous um but anyway right that is what i want to talk about activision blizzard and riot are fucking awful but imagine a world where riot games are better than activision blizzard it's hard i know okay so you might have heard about this story obviously over on uh, i published it on deserto um, and it was everything that's been going on with uh, Rick Fox and uh, his shareholder who, you know, we've now, um, we've now obviously know that it's Amit Rosada that uh, published uh, or sent the racist emails that we published. And, um, you know, I, I'll give you the, um, again, in case you've missed all of this, Rick Fox runs an organization called Echo Fox. He was the name that they used to get the VC funding. Um, and there was a company called Venture Vision Partners who came in and Venture Vision Partners put a load of money into Echo Fox. And not just Echo Fox, but they put it into other parts that, that you know, were sort of linked in this conglomerate, like, uh, you know, Twin Galaxies, the famous high score curation system that I'm sure if you've ever seen King of Kong, you know who they are. Um, and basically, they put it all, uh, you know, put, put like, I can't remember what it was, they, 30 mil or something in, in, in all of this. Anyway, um, Rick Fox 
was having an internal dispute where he basically said, uh, I want to leave. Like, I want to leave. I, I've got, uh, you know, I got to leave my own organization that I built up that is even fucking named after me. And it was like, well, why did that happen? Uh, it happened because um, that basically a partner from, you know, Vision Venture Partners had racially abused Jace Hall in an email. And just to be clear, uh, the, the racial abuse in the email was he called him the N-word um he he said uh, jace hall basically elected to um disengage from a conversation he said i'm not interested in having this conversation anymore and amit rosada said that's because you're an n-word um now this was in an email uh this was in an email that was cc'd it had like a fucking like lawyers cc'd in on it Imagine that, right? Ima imagine, imagine doing that and thinking, well, no, no one will ever react to this. No one will react badly to me racially abusing a business partner. Um, so obviously, Rick Fox was aghast. Like Jace Hall, who, and I've said it before, and I'll, I'll say it again. I think Jace Hall has, has presided over some cataclysmic fuck ups, not least of all the H one Z one league, uh, which definitely um lost some money uh let's put it that way and i know jace hall's trying to do right by the people that are owed money but anybody with uh, you know an understanding of the industry could have told you that the window had slammed shut on h1z1 okay so i mean this is like it's not that jace hall is a malicious actor it's like a lot of people who've come into esports late to the game they're just incompetent they don't understand games have lifespans games have windows and you've really got to look at how big something is up here before you start gleaning what you can do with what's down here because that ultimately is what esports is you know you're relying on the much larger casual fan base to prop it up and as soon as h1z1 took that hit a pro league just wasn't viable anymore um let alone um one where you you literally uh uh, uh you know paying like like you're you're treating it like you've got tens of millions to throw around that you're treating it like sponsors are flocking to this uh, again h1z1 was uh, it, it for me a game that hit all of the problems first of all daybreak decided very uh like very early on they wanted to concentrate on in-game consumables um, and, and cosmetics and that sort of thing uh, over actually developing the game. Graphically, it was last generation. So it was only the format that was really holding it up. And unfortunately, the format was copied and proliferated across half a dozen other games. So you had that. Um, that is an issue then they isolated and didn't work uh, closely with all the big streamers that were effectively promoting their game i guess they a lot of developers do this in their hubris they think that oh we just made an amazing game we just made an amazing game right so that's what that's why we're successful it's like no you can make an amazing game and fail it happens all the time you can make amazing technology and it can fail that happens all the time shout out to betamax um 
you know, you, you can you can be the superior product in a market and fail. There is an element of marketing to it all. And streamers in games are your marketing. And people are starting to realize it now. That's why people are getting paid lots of money to promote games. It's why they have a bounties board for partnered uh, streamers on Twitch now that I'm, I'm not in for some reason, even though I've done some unbelievably large sponsorship deals. And I'd love to sit here and do a partnered uh, promotion for a game. I, I, I'd love to do it. I'd love to have the impetus. Um, so, anyway, um, you know, so H1Z1 had lots of problems, and JSOL should have caught that, you know, should have caught that uh, very quickly and didn't and cost people money and i think um he also had abided by because there's there's a part uh, people probably don't know this part of the story probably it's time to pour a drink isn't it um people probably don't know this part of the story about overwatch right so again I, oh you're talking about overwatch again here we go this will be bias nonsense um so right when when overwatch the overwatch league was first being touted um what what activision blizzard did was they didn't want uh any of the mainstream esports organizations that were getting into the game to contract players because the original plan was to have a draft i don't know if people have denied this i don't know if people have confirmed this I am telling you 100% the original plan was to have a draft and, for, and and basically Activision Blizzard wanted that to be part of the process. That owners would come in, buy a slot, then fucking draft players. Okay? And to do that meant um, you would... The, the players couldn't be contracted to anyone else. So Activision Blizzard went to esports organizations and said, listen... Don't contract, and we'd consider it a great favor if you didn't contract your, uh, players to your Overwatch team now, or if you have an Overwatch team, you let their contracts expire, right? Because if you um, if, if you do contract them, we're going to have to buy them out when we do this draft, and that will harm your ability to potentially get a draft slot. That's what they said. So. Some organizations went, well, fuck you. We'll use this to turn a quick profit. You know, we'll just sign players and then you've got to buy them out. And others went, oh, hey, um, no no worries. We just want contract an Overwatch team. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll wait and bide our time. And hopefully you'll come on by and hit us up when the time is right to get involved in the Overwatch League. So a lot of esports orgs went with option two. Echo Fox were one of them. And I think, I think from, um, you know, what I know, I think Jace wanted to play nice with Activision Blizzard because he thought they'd get rewarded. But then what happened was Activision Blizzard turned around and said, by the way, we're inviting 20 sports organizations, venture capital groups and, you know, money, you know, big VC firms. Uh, and we're not inviting esports orgs because you're too small for us. You're nickel and dime. And that includes you, Echo Fox. So go fuck yourselves. So not only did Echo Fox not contract some players, uh, which they were hope, which they then could have potentially sold to the draft, and they held off getting into Overwatch and establishing an Overwatch name, be um, they then got fucked because they got told they weren't big enough, 
at that time to come and bid on an Overwatch franchise. Hilariously, as it all comes out in the wash, we then know that, I think it was for some legal reasons, Activision Blizzard realized they couldn't do a draft. And then also on top of that, because I think it was something to do with maybe you needed a player union if you're going to have a draft of some sort. I don't know the exact reason why they moved away from it. But again, it was 100% planned and it was 100% what people were told. Um, but then also what they realized was a lot of those uh, big VC groups were very reluctant. They didn't like what they saw. They didn't understand how it was going to be, quote, bigger than the NFL. They didn't understand how they were uh, they um, may, may, were going to make money. Didn't understand any of it, right? So they backed off. So then what happened was over Activision Blizzard, um, basically, they'd hooked Robert Kraft in. Um, and they gave him that sweetheart deal, which is why Robert Kraft's name was thrown out every time that they talked about it. But um, basically, they they then had to go cap in hand to some of the esports organizations who had ties already with they'd they'd raised money from VC groups and basically said like, listen, I know we didn't want you in initially. We thought it was going to be Cleveland Cavs, Golden State Warriors, you know, that caliber of people. Now, misfits, will you come and run our Florida slot? Um, and you know. I, I I don't know why Echo Fox at that point didn't get approached, or maybe they felt they didn't want to get into it. But you can see again immediately every decision they made was the wrong one. Every play they made was the wrong one, and Jace Hall was the guy calling the shots for a lot of this. So, bottom line, I, I think while I understand Rick being loyal to his guy and bringing him in, I think um, I think. Jace Hall uh, is incompetent when it comes to esports management. And I think he needs a wingman. I think what, what Echo Fox need most of all is somebody that's experienced and understands the space. Um, and, you know, go get one of these people who are running an agency that they're not satisfied with, taking like 10% of this and 10% of that. And go get one of these guys and bring them in as a wingman to Jace Hall. Jace Hall's the front man. You know, like a Cyrano de Bergerac type thing. Jace Hall's got the look. Jace Hall's got the media savvy. Jace Hall's got the connects. But what comes out of his mouth must be the smart guys. The guy who knows uh, esports, right? And, and if you have that set up, it's a winning formula. And with Rick Fox in an ambassadorial role, Echo Fox really could have been something. Really could have been something. But anyway... So, this is the Amit Rosada situation. Um, sent an abusive email. And then, he put out a PR request. Uh, sorry, he put out a PR statement saying that, um, yeah, alright, I was racist to Jace Hall, but I've never been racist to Rick Fox, and I've never threatened Rick Fox's family. Rick Fox is lying about that. So you can see here, um, I'll, I'll read you um, the statement from his uh, PR firm. Uh, we write on behalf of our client, Amit Rosada, in response to your request for comment on recent media accounts of racial statements and threats allegedly made by our client to Mr. Ulrich Fox. Probably is not worth um, separating the two here, but, but, but okay, whatever. Um, and, and or his family. First, Mr. Rosada has never used or made a racial epithet or statement towards Mr. Fox or anyone in his family. Moreover... Mr. Rosada has never threatened Mr. Fox or anyone in his family. Any allegations or suggestions to the contrary are simply false. They're, remember this. They're simply false. In fact, Mr. Fox and Mr. Rosada had previously enjoyed a 20-year-long deep personal friendship and have been and are currently involved in several business dealings together. 
Then it goes on. Amit Rosada denies all of Rick Fox's claims and has never used a racial epithet towards or threatened Rick Fox or anyone in his family till recently. They've enjoyed a 20-year friendship. And then uh, he goes here. In a heated and contentious email exchange with Jace Hall several weeks ago, I lost my temper and used a racial epithet directed personally at him. I have apologized to Jace, and I would like to apologize to all. My language was wrong, and there is no excuse for it. I have stepped down from all day-to-day decision-making with all entities in which Jace Hall and I were involved. So in other words, I didn't do anything to Rick, but I did racially abuse Jace Hall, and as punishment, I just won't interact with Jace Hall anymore. That's, the, that's what Echo Fox decided to do. All right. Now, remember how he said it was a lie? Well, you see, I'm like a fucking pit bull when I get on a story. Right? Like, I, my teeth are in it, and I don't let go until you have to either put me down, or you fucking, you scream and you holler, and you say you did it, and then someone comes and prizes my jaws open with a fucking metal stick. Right? That's how I roll. Because you can't let these motherfuckers slide. And he tried to slide, actually. The most, one of the most embarrassing parts of that is, after he admitted uh, that he'd racially abused Jace Hall, he had the same PR firm, I presume, uh, start releasing all these ridiculous stories about himself to the Associated Press and Global Newswire. And what this does is, it fucks up the search engine optimization. So when you type in Amit Rosada, you don't just get that he admitted racially abusing Jace Hall. You get ridiculous stuff like, oh, I don't know. Should we look at the global newswire one? Um, the, uh, yeah, I'll bring it up for you. Uh, just to give you an idea, you know. Oh, actually, no. Let's do the Associated Press one. I think the Associated Press one's the more cringeworthy, I think. Um... Oh, they didn't link to the Associated Press. All right, I'll just show you the Global Newswire one. But again, this is what a good PR firm will do, right? So if you're ever in a fucking jam and the search engines, you know, Googles and Bings and all stuff, are fucking bringing up your name exclusively associated with negative stuff, what you do is, you at that time, you flood press releases that say absolutely nothing to, you know, offset how the search engine optimization works. So look... So look at this, right? Amit Rosada finds success in the growing esports field. This is like two days after he admits racially abusing a business partner. The entrepreneurial spirit gives flavor to the economic landscape. Individuals with some ingenuity, drive, and vision can create a life and career for themselves and secure themselves a piece of the American dream. Amit Rosada is the perfect example of the entrepreneurial spirit as his ability to diversify his interests and skills in the world of financial investment and growth has brought success to his company and life. Let's take a moment to look into Rosada's experience and career path as many of us look at successful entrepreneurs and wonder what steps they took to climb the ladder of success. Oh, I wonder. Oh, I wonder. Tell me more. 
Amit Rosada currently resides in Los Angeles, California. After obtaining a degree in economics from the University of Michigan, he applied that knowledge to a variety of business sectors as a savvy investor. Uh, mainly predatory uh, payday loans, but we'll, we'll come to that. Uh, he led numerous lucrative investments in a number of companies, such as Card Complaints, Select Quote, Store Financial Services, AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, Echo Fox, HD Films, and many more. His versatility and investment opportunities speaks to his ability to sniff out a lucrative business opportunity and then racially abuse his business partners. Oh, no, wait, we didn't mean that. We say... <laughs> Uh, a sniff out a lucrative business opportunity as his investing was also successful in other industries like real estate, entertainment, food and beverages. And on it goes. And then I think you get right down to the last bit. Does it, it, does it talk about Echo Fox in this one or am I thinking of the Associated Press? Oh, well, anyway. Look, just this is the best. This is the funniest bit. It's like, I don't know if his PR firm did this on purpose to be like ironic I, but I like to think they did, because when I had a back and forth with them, you know, we were, we're on opposite sides of the game. Like, he's on that side of the court, I'm on this side of the court, but we understand each other. Like, a journalist and a PR guy, it's such a razor-thin divide between the two of us. It's basically, you, make, you wake up one morning and you make an ethical choice. And you, if you're a journalist, you tell the truth no matter what. If, you're a, if you choose to be a PR guy, you take the same information and you put a positive spin on it no matter what usually to benefit people and PR guys make more money but the the, the razor thin relationship between the PR guy and the journalist is, is is well documented but anyway when it comes to the entrepreneurial spirit Amit Rosada is the perfect example of how vision could turn into reality when backed by acumen, determination, education, and experience. Rosada's time spent working and investing in a number of industries has allowed him to grow as a successful businessman and a diplomatic, well-rounded individual. Now, I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't studied diplomacy. In fact, most of the diplomacy I do is in video games like fucking Stellaris or Civilization or whatever, you know, or Europa Universalis. But I don't recall the bit where you, you get a bonus in diplomacy for racially abusing the other civilization you interact with. Usually that's considered anti-diplomatic. Yeah, I think that, yeah. to another month. No Thanks worries, for keeping it real. Always keep it real, Firestar. Thank you for the sub. Mm. Anyway. So we started flooding, uh, you know, Google and, and, you know, all these fucking, you know, all of this shit with, with his PR responses. But here's the thing. I want you to just remember how he said it was a, definitely a lie. Rick Fox was lying. I've never threatened his family. Well... As I said, old Pitbull Richie Lou, I went and got more emails. <laughs> and um, in one of the emails, uh, it's, it, it was complaining about Rick Fox and saying he had to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he, ba and he said, in all caps, by the way, and his spelling was atrocious and his punctuation was atrocious, he said there will be, and that's added no deal on anything he just literally started the sentence no deal on anything no deal on anything and if rick does not do his duties i'll personally fuck him and his family for the rest of my life in any way possible now again i am but a mere journalist 
so I don't traffic in, you know, language and what it means. Is there a world where that cannot be construed as a threat? You know, is there, is there a world? Maybe there is, you know, maybe there's a way that that can be viewed as just, you know, harmless banter or, or, or something along those lines. Because that, to me, is a clear threat. It's a clear threat. <laughs> and uh, that's a pretty good explanation. Uh, Kumquat in the chat says, maybe Rick Fox's family are all swingers, and he means I want to fuck them all. I mean, sure, possible. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. I'm going to, you know, uh, put it this way. If I said I am going to fuck you and your family for the rest of of my life i will dedicate the rest of my life to fucking you and your family i think that's a threat i think that's a threat um so i don't know so so he lied and what was crazy was i i started like reaching out to the pr firm again when i published this story and i was like listen i've got these emails and you know that denial you issued uh you're gonna have to issue uh, probably another like bit you know where you make a mea culpa and you say that okay well i did do the thing i denied and at this point you know all credibility is fucking uh destroyed right um and they just didn't reply i and listen again remember because you know a journalist is the fucked up dysfunctional twin to the evil twin that is the pr guy you know we, we come from the same fucking zygote or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm totally sympathetic. I, I must have emailed this dude like five times going, do you want to give a statement? Do you want to give a statement? And I'm just thinking like, he's thinking, fuck this. Like, who, who is this cunt, by the way? It was this Richard Lewis cunt. Like, he's just got us by the balls again. He's just emailing us again. He just won't leave us alone. Like, you know, he's done us. So they just didn't reply. So I didn't hear from lawyers. I didn't hear from PR. There was just like, whatever. It, you know, I guess the PR response now is, let's kill it with silence in hopes it goes away. And what's interesting is actually the volume on this story, which to me, not only has he racially abused Jace Hall, right, and admitted to it, he is now, we've got incontrovertible evidence that he also threatened Rick Fox's family and he denied it. Um, this this should be a pretty big story. You have a you have a member of Vision Venture Partners, a big you know kind of VC firm, and this is like Vision Esports. So this is an offshoot of it, but I don't know if Amit Rizad is just involved in the esports side or all of it. And you're going around and you're threatening the families of business partners. This is a big story. This should be way louder, but of course it gets dampened right because a big subreddit that would um, apply a lot of pressure to the to the bad person uh silences the story and not only silences the story um says that you can't even say where to look to find it and also bans anyone who says my name <laughs> so it's like again you know it's like it's fine i don't want to harp on about that um but it's interesting isn't it like when you can rationalize protecting somebody threatening rick fox's kids uh because bald man bad he, he messaged me on my Facebook and asked me to stop lying about him. He's doxing me! P.S. I used my username <laughs> um, for the Facebook page. You know, like, all right, okay, cool. Great. Mm. 
So yeah, lot you know, that Who's the Kiwi's a great guy. Same guy, by the way, that was deleting the posts uh, of the people from the Pulse nightclub shooting that were like saying we need blood transfusions. That was him, by the way. He put a statement up going, mm, I don't know why this is happening. Yeah, I wonder why, mate. <laughs> yeah, I really wonder why. Uh, it's weird how you're a moderator on that subreddit when that was going on, isn't it? But okay, whatever. Weird. So strange. You know. Uh, but anyway. So then we got a report from uh, Rick Fox, right? And and uh, Rick Fox gave a unique statement uh, to Deserto through me because uh, I contacted him and said, like, Rick, man, this shit's wild. Like, and you're being silent about it. And, like, you know, I saw you go on TMZ and give a statement from outside of a hotel or whatever the fuck. So, like, give me, can you confirm? Like, is this all genuine? Is this all real? And he was like, yeah, Rich, you know, right? So just look at the other stuff in this statement from Rick, which at this point, how would you choose to believe Amit Rosada over Rick Fox? Like, you know, given that we've caught Amit Rosada now in two lies. Okay, so fine. Um, uh, he said here, Mr. Ros he said, first... The, the PR firm states, Mr. Rosada has never used a racial epithet or statement towards Mr. Fox or anyone in his family. This is not true. I've been informed of multiple instances where he has called me a sand N-word. In addition to his racial comments about me, he admitted to his additional racist comments towards Mr. Hall. He confirmed the email, giving the exact quote that I uh, had in the email. Um, and then he also played down this friendship saying, you know, I had no personal, or they're saying we were like friends in tw uh, like for 20 years. I think I met him 20 years ago. And then just between 2000 and 2015, I had no dealings with him whatsoever. And of course, obviously you see these pictures of them all together. This is, th this is the world that they're in. This is the world that they traffic in, right? Like some, you know, where the money's involved. Yeah, you got to hug up and kiss nice. Doesn't mean you're rubbing up against nice people. Now it gets worse. As I said, um, Amit Rosada, uh, his background, um, and I'm, oh, I haven't stopped, by the way. I'm working on a feature-length article about him. I mean, this, uh, this Twitch stuff I was talking about at the start with the child grooming guys, um, obviously that takes precedent, so that immediately, you know, protecting kids immediately goes out to the, to the top of the priorities list. But what I was doing before that was uh, it's why I brought I don't even see I got my weight bench over there I like barely have left this room I was I'm going through because Amit Rosada has been involved in a ton of lawsuits and he had a very um he had a very uh you know messy divorce um where some stuff came out and uh like Oh, man. The whole, like, honestly, I, I've been going through all these, like, law, court documents, legal documents, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm all up in Amit Rosado's shit, basically. Like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the complete story uh, about, uh, about this guy. Because um, I think, I think the esports industry has a right to know. Because clearly he's putting out press releases saying, hey, everybody! I'm making a killing on this esports thing because I'm so smart and wonderful and you know and I'm like no like this the truth must be told uh I'm not letting that one slide either and keep in mind this guy's a multi multi millionaire he can crush me like a fly but you know hopefully the truth will fucking uh, do its business but like look this was uh, over in an article called the pitch um 
<laughs> Amit Rosada, payday profiteer, hit with a $6 million verdict in civil case. And this is one of multiple lawsuits uh, that he's been involved in, where basically uh, what the allegations are, uh, they, they're all the same. Um, that he breaches his fiduciary duty, um, that he commingles funds, that he takes money out of private business accounts and then spends them night clubbing and all this other shit. This is what all, you know, allegedly came out in the, the, the court documents. And he was so repulsive, apparently, to, to the jury that the, the verdict that they got was huge. They just got this massive, um, uh, <laughs> this massive $6 million verdict. Um, but look at this, right? Look at this. This is just unreal. Uh, just some of the lines. Uh, in 2014, Amit Rosada's former business partners at Spectrum Business Ventures, Scott Asner and Michael Gortenberg, sued him via their holding companies for liquidating various accounts, making unauthorized loans to himself through the company, and racking up exorbitant tabs at restaurants and bars. Rosada testified under oath that spending between $100,000 and $200,000 in an evening in a club for entertainment was normal and ordinary business. Motherfucker balling out of control. Um... But he can see with the court ruling as well. The damages were only 611,000. But he was so dislikable and, and the stories were so egregious and even his own testimony was just so non-apologetic. They gave another punitive damages of $5.4 million. That's like unheard of in like civil suits. That's like, you know what I mean? Like you have to do something really bad like to have that disproportion between the actual damages and the punitive uh damages um so anyway so <laughs> amit rosada uh is just one of those guys that like you know has that uh you know kind of uh, kind of vibe to him so uh and has been embroiled in lots of stuff so anyway um oh also just coming soon i uh tracked down michael gortenberg <laughs> and interviewed him and uh michael gortenberg has said he, he he will go on the he knows nothing about esports he's like a 60 year old man and um he said uh i i know not he's like i know nothing about esports but i will go on the record and tell you everything about what a bad dude amit rosada is and i'm like you want to go on the record and he went yeah he, he brought his attorney into the call i can't wait to publish this shit it's gonna be fucking wild it's gonna be so wild uh because he's like he, he's like literally no nah, use my name this is this is all legit this is all true so um that article is going to be a fucking roller coaster of shit like it's going to be so insane the stuff he's already told me blew my mind i'm interviewing some other people um and basically i'm just going to give you the runaway roller coaster of amit rosada esports legend right anyway richard what was your whole point because back before you started rambling as you have a tendency to do because you're going fucking senile senile like a fox uh, you were talking about why Riot Games is better than Activision Blizzard, and I, I don't really see where this is going, and actually, I'm scared, and I'm frightened, and this isn't the type of stream I like. Just put on Crusader Kings 2. This is, this is not fun. Okay, we're, we're coming back to the light, kids. We're coming back to the light. Um, 
So LOL Esports, right? Now you may remember they put out a tweet when I broke the story saying it's been brought to our attention that this is going by me, you fuckers. Just say my name once. You won't turn to fucking dust like the fucking Red Witch from fucking Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Or have or any chance Game of Thrones has of having a good finale. Um, you know, you will just say my name. Just say it. Can't do it. But anyway, so they said they were conducting an investigation. So just the other day, they said they've concluded its investigation, which is they read my articles. <laughs> I can imagine this again. Again! I did it all for fucking... I did it with Badawi for you. How many times do I do the legwork? And then you swoop in and go, we have concluded our investigation by reading Richard Lewis's articles. I did it for Fnatic and G2 with Jens Hilgers and how they shared money. How many times am I going to do your job for you? And you will not mention me. You can't say... Like, it's wild. They just won't say my name. So anyway, uh, and what they've said here is, the LCS concluded its preliminary investigation into the alleged comments made by a member of the Echo Fox ownership group. Hate speech, threats, and bigotry have no place in the LCS. We have directed Echo Fox to take appropriate corrective action within 60 days. If Echo Fox does not take action by removing any individuals whose actions violate league rules and agreements within the required time period, the league will take formal action that may adversely impact the future of Echo Fox in the LCS. Chris Greeley, LCS Commissioner. Right. Now, let me also just say, by the way, buckle, strap yourselves in. Good job, Riot Games. I know. You don't hear it often. He's so biased. No, good fucking job. Good fucking job. Yo, what up, Lola, man? Much love to you, buddy. I know. I know. No, no, no. I, listen. They're, they're an evil company, rotten to the core. <laughs> they, they have all sorts of problems. They're systemically sexist. I can even say that now because it's in a lawsuit. Um, they're ran by a fucking guy who doesn't want a company, wants a cult. And I can say that because he's in one. Um, <laughs> they violate every rule that they apply to everybody else. I can say that because they've got like a fucking 10-year history of doing that. Uh, but occasionally, occasionally, guys, they do something right, right? And, um, you know, uh, this is one of those times. It's super rare. It's super rare. But... This is the right way to do things, and let me let me explain why. And it's quite funny, because I'm going to go through some of the replies, and I don't think people realize what this means. I'm going to spell it out for you, um, real journalism. just in case. You won't see this on the That's legal right. agenda. Subreddit, of course, but you know. Uh, whatever. Mm. Thank you, Tahim. A new friend. A brand new guy giving me a Twitch Prime. Thank you, Tahim. Welcome. You're locked in now. You'll find yourselves two years, three years from now with me all gnarled, bitter, and grey. Like some weird, fucked-up hybrid of Yoda and Gandalf, but with none of the powers and none of the charisma. Drinking whiskey, telling you why everything sucks. And you'll be going, why am I even doing this? Like the rest of the three-year people. Why am I locked You're in? Not even a real journalism. But I appreciate it. Thank you. And you too, unsated. Right. Thank you very much, buddy. Mm. You will also experience all the stuff I just detailed. Uh, if I'd known you would come in thick and fast like that, I would have waited and, and said it for both of you. But, you know, you get the, you get the point, right? Um, so, what does this mean? Well, this is actually potentially good for Rick Fox. 
because what what they're saying here is you know we might oh and you too flow dojo that's appreciate it same thing they they are saying that we might compel you to like you've got a choice you've got to get rid of the shareholder because we don't want him involved in the lcs anymore because that has no place in the lcs the things that he's demonstrably did or maybe just maybe we cut echo fox out of the league now why would this work hi why would this work let me explain to you right echo fox is a company uh, an organization that has a value attached to it very recently it was named i believe 10th in the top 10 uh esports organizations in the world which to me is incredible because no, in terms of substance they actually have That's very right. little value I would this is the content i sub for thank you john perry appreciate you coming up on a year buddy i'll see you in two months and we'll, we'll virtually high five each other like that you're not even a real journalism and you too what's That's that right. daunted jungle excellent three months getting there your journey you get into that jaded stage. He doesn't. He barely even streams. Why do I sub? Oh, but when he does stream, he drops that straight fire. And yeah, yeah, you're in that place right now. You get over that by six months. So anyway, why? One of the big reasons why Echo Fox has that fucking valuation is their LCS slot. I mean, it's a massive part of it, right? You pay ten million to get in, and they're finite. They are, oh, hey, Ashray, appreciate that, buddy. Thanks for the gifted subs. That's right. Um, so th they are they are finite, right, in how many there are. So immediately, you've paid your 10 million to get in, but now you've got a product you can you sell for your price, for, for, right. for how, you, you know, what you want to dictate it goes for. Now, imagine a world where Le League of Legends, Riot Games, say... Journalism. If you don't get rid of Amit Rosada, if he doesn't divest himself of his shares, we will compel you, and they can do this to anybody in the league. We we will compel you to sell the slot. And you, you and, and what happened with Renegades? And people That's don't right. know this. And um, I'll, I'll wait for this. Um, I'll wait for this uh, next sub to go. Is there one more? You're not even yeah. a real journalism. That's right. Mm. Right. Thank you again uh, for the gifted subs and welcome aboard, everybody. Right. I had a very awkward conversation, one of the most awkward conversations in my life as it happened. Uh, and this was, I was at some esports awards bullshit. Um, I think I had to give an award out. Uh, I certainly wasn't getting one. And uh, nobody got any of my jokes or laughed at me. And Nate, I could see Nate Nanza in the front fucking row. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awkward. I'm glad it wasn't filmed on Twitch. It, my, my jokes bombed. It's one of those. But uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, um, me and Thorin were there and fucking Monty was there. And it was before he had, you know, announced his wedding to Susie uh, Kim. And um, anyway, me and Monty were sat down having some whiskeys. And uh, we were, t I mean, it was just me and him, you know. And I'd said some pretty harsh shit to him on, on Skype. Um, I was obviously emotionally invested in everything because of Maria. But it wasn't just Maria. I mean, look. What I, what I don't ever talk about about the Renegades house is is actually, like, it wasn't just Maria that was, like, getting, you know, fucked over and manipulated, right? Like, you know, what, what Chris Badawi had done by tying her, you know, uh, gender reassignment surgery to, to, um, to her position within the team was he took something that was so personal to the core of her being and and used it for leverage over her and that's grotesque to me i mean and that was why 
um, I, I identified very quickly, despite being a friend of Chris, he'd done something that was inexcusably evil. And I, uh, you know, again, I don't throw the word evil around lightly. You know, uh, I use it for Riot Games. Uh, you know, I, uh, but this was this was really bad. Um, and be because, you know, like a lot of people go, oh, hey, but she got what she wanted, right? She couldn't afford the surgery. She said to Chris, I'll play for your team if you pay for the surgery. She got a good deal. Well, no, guys, it, it, that isn't, that's like... Hey, listen, I'm, a, I'm an old guy uh, who's really, really lonely, and I'll pay you to come over and hang around my house. And now, let's escalate a little bit. Hey, do you want to stay in my bed? Um, hey, I've got a roller coaster out back because I'm very wealthy. You want to come and ride ne ne in my Neverland roller coaster? And, you know, it's fucked up. You don't, there's some stuff you got to fucking not mingle with business and, uh, and, and, and finances. And this is one of them, in, in, because it was a very, it was very much an emotional head fuck, and I'll explain why. Because a lot of people on the League of Legends subreddit go, "Oh, you know, Maria used Chris Badawi and then let him down." And Chris certainly likes to sell that version because he's a, he's not he's capable not of accepting responsibility for what an irredeemable That's piece right. of shit he was in this Six regards. Six months, punk. Great job, buddy. You got past that jaded stage. You're in for the long haul now. So me and Mar me, what what uh, what I quickly identified with, with with Maria was that she got a fucking real bum deal. She thought she got what she wanted because she wasn't going to be able to get it any any other way. But if your employer, if your employer gives you the thing you think you want the most, and the caveat is, if I do this, you have to go out and do interviews for me. When she was mortified at the prospect of appearing on camera she didn't she had social anxiety about it she had depression um you must play in my team um we're bound together you know this is gross this is really bad and it wasn't just her you know he there was an there was another guy uh, on the team i probably shouldn't say his name uh because sadly he's still in this he never got better and i, I feel a, a great deal of responsibility like i couldn't save everybody in that house there was people it didn't affect like crumbs for example i don't even think crumbs saw any of it i don't think crumbs i don't think crumbs is uh lying when he says oh i didn't see anything bad going on in the house and alex itch didn't even live in the house because he had his wife you know like so he didn't live in a team house so he didn't see it and alex Itch is one of the nicest guys like an absolute sweetheart so it's not that these i don't think these people are lying i think because crumbs was older more independent very forthright ended up becoming the leader of that team um he just left and uh you know, would just leave the house. He just put his jacket on and go out. The rest of the younger players uh, didn't. They never left. I mean, they they just stayed in the house and played all day. And Chris would come in and make all these like ridiculous demands and all this other stuff. And there was one player in particular where um, he was basically trying to pressurize this guy to get on Adderall because he thought it was a, a cure-all drug, and. Um, I was like, this is this is outrageous. I mean, this is this is so um, this is so dangerous to advocate for a drug that you might have a prescription for to for somebody else um, is not acceptable. And when you start saying, oh, you know, if you can get this wonder drug, maybe I'll put you in the team. That is unacceptable. And unfortunately. Um, the person was so desperate, the, the player was so desperate to be on a team, they wouldn't speak out against it.
they wouldn't speak out against the pressure that they were under and the way they were fucked over and they really did get fucked over badly and i wanted to sort of go back and rescue them eventually as well once i got set up in atlanta but they were just too too far gone and you know chasing the dream they didn't realize um they didn't they didn't realize that that uh their story didn't end with them becoming a pro player it it, it ended with them having a lot of bad memories and a um and yeah you know uh so anyway um so i'd i'd tried to tell monty that there was this bad shit going on and by the time i told him he was hearing shit from chris and um uh basically the way it was framed by chris was chris has invited me as a guest into the team house to stay uh while i was over on an uh, esther or whatever because i wasn't working um and basically i'd violated that trust by disrupting the team and getting maria out of the house you and putting everybody in a bad mindset and like and, right. and it, it was really weird Glad so be back you know like for example there was one day i went out and i went to toys r us and i bought like a bunch of like just stupid nerf guns and water pistols and jenga and i was like saying like guys you gotta have some fun man like you can't like just stream and, and play league or you're, you're gonna go crazy uh so you know here's some fucking you know let's have a nerf gun fight i don't give a fuck like just something that i try and break it all up and chris said that i was being disruptive and disrespectful and he had these guys like you 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 know they 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 woke up at nine uh the coach would go around and bang on all of the doors and got them up at nine and then um they would have breakfast at 10 and then uh, like by 10 30 they were practicing and this went right on until 10 at night every day and they didn't go out and they didn't do anything and even though the house had a pool it was it wasn't cleaned it was just green stagnant gloop um because they uh you know they didn't look after you know they didn't they didn't look after it so there wasn't even a recreational area and the amount of people who was in this house it was like maybe a five-bedroom house which is like what i live in now and there must have been easily on any given day like 12 plus people in there you had a chef you know that was another sad thing i mean I, you know and again this guy came out and went on reddix he's so mind fucked with it all because he knew chris from before esports and he was the chef and he slept in the garage they didn't even give him a room he slept on a floor in the garage the chef you're not even a real and and, and 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 this guy was right. was a young adult about in his early 20s um a young adult who was in his early 20s who had had real psychological problems i think he'd been diagnosed borderline schizophrenic and was taking medicine for that and there he is sleeping in a sleeping in the garage and i said to him uh because he'd had a checkered past where he'd like stolen stuff before and, and you know uh, one day i took him out and i said dude like why are you sleeping in the garage man what are you doing this to yourself for you know you got to speak up man and he said oh i don't deserve to be in the house like fuck me dude it breaks my heart man the way these the way these people were emotionally fucking manipulated and um and, and used by this guy which is why he shouldn't be around young adults or young people now unfortunately um what had happened was chris had got to monty first and said i disrupted the house and i'd done all this terrible stuff 
and I, I, you know, put the chef on fucking tilt by telling him he needed to speak up for himself, and I was making him play Jenga, and you know, what a, what a horrible dude I am, you know. And I was telling him to get out, and he picked up on the fact that me and Maria were spending so much time with each other, and I was like, I was like telling her like, listen, I know you don't know me, like I'm a total stranger, and ordinarily in any other circumstances, this would probably be a terrible idea. But I am telling you, you can trust me and you have got to stop playing and you have got to get out of this situation and I, you will always have a home with me no matter what happens. Please take advantage of that because this is, it's going to kill you. So he knew I was trying to get her out of the house. So he, he went and told um, Monty what I'd done. So I reached out to Monty and said, oh, there's all this heinous stuff going on in the house, and Monty didn't believe me, because Chris was his boy. So, me and Monty had a big argument, and I said some stuff that I regret to Monty, and then, obviously, when we got Maria out, and all the stories started come tumbling out, and the riot investigation started, I think Monty realized, like, fuck, you know, he'd partnered up with the wrong dude. Now, let's also be clear. None of this is why Riot Games kicked Renegades out. They don't give a fuck about players. They proved that with Selfie in the MYM situation, where a fucking manager threatens to put his fucking mother on the streets if he leaves the team. And I, ha and I got a recording of it and published it, and Nick Allen came out and went, well, Selfie made some mistakes too. He's a child. He's a child playing in your league. Protect him. anyway whatever so i mean they they kicked them out because they wanted monty gone and they wanted badawi gone and every other team owner hated chris badawi because he tried poaching players and other crazy stuff not to the degree they told not in the and they told a pack of lies about chris but it's like one of those situations where it's like al capone He's a bad dude, but you don't get him on all the murders, and you don't get him on all the organized crime. You get him on the fact he ain't filed a 1040. And, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, who's sad about it? Was just this served? Probably, sort of, kinda. That was, um, that was, that was the Badawi situation in a nutshell. So me and Monty hadn't talked since I had this big Skype tirade, where I said, I have zero respect for you as a human being. I don't mind saying what I said. Uh, and I totally regret that, because first of all, it's not true. Uh, I was just really sore and rough, because the Maria thing, it, it, it again, it touched me it, to the core, because it's hard for me, like I say, I, people who know me know I'm a big softy. You know, I flex and I tense, and I, I'm very robust in how I uh, challenge people. But that's just because I, I hate bullies, and I won't be bullied, and I've been bullied. And I hate people who bully the vulnerable and the weak. And I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll never sign. I'll never allow that. And if people don't help, sometimes, in my zealotry to deal with this issue, I, I, I'm abusive to the people who either don't see what I can see or don't go to the same lengths I will go to. And it's not fair. Um. So me and Monty sat down, and we um. You're not even a real journalism. We had we had a whiskey together. That's right. And we were talking about the whole Renegades thing. It came up. And he just said, like, obviously, look, I, you know, I'm not saying this because it's bad. You did what you had to do. But you did cost me millions. 
And I went, yeah, I never thought about it, you know? Like, they they were going to sell the organization, and they'd already had talks with buyers to potentially sell it down the road uh, because of the cloud of the CRISPR Darby stuff. And obviously, th those slots were going for a lot of money. What happened in the aftermath of the Badawi thing is they were put on the clock. And what Riot Games do is they come in and they will find a buyer if you don't. So you, but you better had and you better get the best deal for yourself or you take their deal. And as a result of that, because it was like a fire sale, um, uh, basically Monty lost millions of dollars. And uh, yeah, it made me feel like a piece of shit. Because, again, you know, I realize, I, I know Monty's not a bad person. He's a good person. Uh, he was blinded by, like, in a lot of ways, Monty was as much of a victim of Badawi's bullshit as anyone else, right? Um, and, I, I, you know, I was just really overzealous in how critical I was of Christopher. Uh, and we, we, you know, I, I said this to him, you know, but, like, but I've never sat down and had a drink with somebody um, that I've literally my work is millions away from them i mean like, it's worse than the i buy power thing if you think about it like i talked to steel i didn't cost him millions i didn't cost him and his wife millions you know i cost you know i i, I cost steel a professional career by publishing what i did and in many ways people would argue well you know he cost himself a professional career in monty's case monty was never at that house not once he was in korea the entire time doing ogn so had Christopher been there, it would have been different. Badawi would have acted differently. Badawi would have saw, uh, Christopher would have saw what I saw. Monty would have saw what I saw and would have done something about it. But he was never there. So who does he trust? Richard Lewis, who he's had his ups and downs with. You know, the anti-League of Legends, you know, uh, terrorist, uh, if you believe Riot Games. Or do you trust your business partner? And obviously, he trusts his business partner. Of course he does. So again, there was no, like, ill will there. But what's crazy about it was um, we were sat there talking about this and Monty said, listen, um, I forgive you. Um, I'm more hurt if you still believe what you said on Skype. And I said, I don't. Um, I don't think you're a irredeemable human. I do have respect for you and um, I hope we can be friends. And uh, he invited me to his wedding. Um <laughs> Which was like, you know, just a really nice sort of magnanimous uh, gesture, you know, um, to 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 do it. So, um, so Chris is, a, you know, Mon Monty's a good guy, uh, no doubt. I I I wrote him a letter. Uh, I I was gonna go, and then I wrote him a letter, and I said I, I'm not gonna go, um, and I and I explained why, and I and I, I I told this to Susie too. I said I love both of you. I think you, I think you know. You're great people. I think involving the esports community in your wedding and streaming and everything is just such a perfect uh, tribute um, to all of us in a way, you know, like to everything we've we've, we've done. But um, unfortunately, crazies have a uh, habit of following me around, and I think Chris was going to be there as well, Badawi. Uh, I'm not too sure if that's true, but I think I heard in the grapevine. And I just thought, like, I don't want to ruin his, like, wedding day by somebody shouting at me or whatever, or having a thing, and it was on stream. So so I, I, I just said, like, uh, you know, ne next time. Ne next time, you know, when you renew your vows, I'll be there. That's just how it is. Um, anyway, so, Richard, why are you telling that long and elaborate uh, anecdote? Very good question. Um, 
Well, because that's what Riot do. So they did it in the Renegades instance where they came in and they will compel you to sell and they will find the buyer for you if you don't find your own. They will go out and their business team will be, we, we have this slot and we are selling it and we want you and we, we're willing to do a deal. And basically, yeah, the owners still get the money, but Riot are just like, we just want you out. And that's what they did with Renegades. We want you out. So they, I, I don't even know what uh, Envy or whoever it was that bought the Renegade slot actually spent, but it was nowhere near what the slot was worth. And it was nowhere near what Monty was due. So he got massively fucked over by the whole thing. Um, but there's loads of people here saying, Yay! This is great! Um, right people link to my article by oh no that's polygon people do link to my article in this thread um so people are saying uh you know great job love this well done here's the drake applauding meme that's so great and then i, I love this that's great now what are you going to do about the accusations made against right in terms of sexual harassment and pay disparity well you know one day at a time one day at a time um, somebody linked an article about how the, their executives were farting on people's heads. Love that. But basically what people, what people, I mean, please, please, my children, keep this up, by the way. Never let them forget. Never let them forget. Um, but, um, you know, there's my boy, two pound wheel. Yeet. In there. Shout out to Richard Lewis, credit Richard Lewis. But loads of people are like saying, this is good. This is really good. Like, you're fired. This is good. This is great. Well, it isn't. Not if you're a fan of Echo Fox, because they won't be in <laughs> they won't be in the league. The slot will be gone. You know? Like the slot will won't exist. <laughs> It'll be another team and another brand. You won't have a League of Legends team to cheer for. So that isn't good news, is it? Um Yeah, I don't know why I don't know what the astronaut is. I probably missed something. Um, yeah, there's there's a Will Smith. Oh snap! So amazing to see. Good job. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know why you'd be that excited. Like if you're in, if you yeah, if you're in. So the the, the happy ending <laughs> is that it, it, Rosada has to leave. But how do you even? How do you remove somebody who has legitimate shares in a company? I don't know if there's precedent for this because um, from what I understand about business, you can remove a chairman from a board, but you can't just take away someone's rights to be a shareholder. They own the shares and that's that. You can apply pressure. And this is what I mean. This is where th this might work out in Rick Fox's favor because if the board go, look, I'm it. If they pull our League of Legends slot, our valuation plummets. So you're going to lose a fuck ton in shares. We will buy the shares at the valuation that they're worth with us having an LCS slot. If you just fuck off and never come back, that might put enough pressure on him to sell. Because with the lawsuits he's been involved in, the payouts he's been involved in, you know, he's very much a money man. But that's how it has to be. Like, I mean, that's the, the you know... <laughs> Like, that's the happy ending. Otherwise, there is a real chance LCS just say, um, nah, see ya. Like, we, there's no more Echo Fox anymore. We can't do it. So either get rid of your fucking crazy shareholder or don't. And look, I want to show you this too. Uh, I'm super happy. Because you know how... Um, right, let me just find... Uh, not this. Right, you know how like we've laughed about the uh, the score, easy. 
Uh, where was it? Was it the score? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Where the fuck is it then? Doing the okay hand gesture is. It's not okay, guys. Uh, did they take it down? No. Surely not. Show me all the videos. Yeah, there it is. He shows up to all his games. He's. After weeks of allegations. Right here we go. The score. The score did a. The score did a video, and they did something that Riot Games would never do. They mentioned me. They did it. Even though I laughed at this car, this guy for being a cuck, which by the way is now a banned term on YouTube comments. Um, and I'm not answering any any of your questions, officer. After weeks of allegations of disgusting behavior oh, hello. from an shareholder, enough is enough. Hate has no place in esports. Hate has no place in esports, guys. But it's fucking Richie Lewis. That's the guy that's actually out there tracking it down and getting shit done. Just saying. They keep coming for me to get me out. He's racist. He's alt-right. He's a Nazi. But he's the only one with the fucking testicular fortitude to get fucking dirty, mix it up with millionaires, and expose this shit. So take your fucking lies and stick them up your ass. Put your fucking money where your mouth is. Let me know when one of you games outlets breaks a story like this. Then we'll talk. Let's start from the beginning. Last Let's. month, Xerdo's Richard Lewis reported that Rick Fox was trying to leave the esports team he founded, Echo Fox, yeah! alleged racist behavior and, and threats made against his family by another than unnamed shareholder. Xerdo's reporting continued over the following days, revealing that the shareholder in question was a man named Amit Rizada. Now, Rizada released a statement in which he admitted to lobbing racial epithets at. Now, I did do a comment on here. Uh, I wonder if they deleted it. <laughs> Did they delete my comment? Surely not. Oh, God. I did a comment. Wait, 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 wait. I want to see if it's there, actually. Because it comes up to the top when you're logged in. It got 53 likes! But I only got two replies. Oh! Oh! Wait. Wait, what? You, you didn't realize a man called Amit Razada wasn't, like, I mean, yeah, dude, like, I, I, I know. I had so many people email me this going, um, good on you, um, you know, why why are all these white guys so racist in esports? And I'm like, yeah, he's not white, though. Um, so just, just going to let you know. <laughs> right off the bat, before we get into that narrative, <laughs> let's, let's not. Let's, uh, yeah, it's not a white guy. <laughs> so not that it should matter because racism is bad, like, no matter who's doing it, right? But, like, yeah, people were, like, going, yeah, Fuck whitey! I'm like, no, guys, you're, you're so far off right now. <laughs> like, please, you're going to make a fool of yourselves. Don't. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, I traffic in facts <laughs> and reality. I, I know it's like, it's tough. It's tough for a lot of people in uh, in 2019, especially in current year. But anyway, let him Former Echo Fox CEO Jace Hall, but he also said that he never threatened Rick Fox's family. If the emails that Nixero published are real, then the things that Rizada said to Jace Hall are pretty terrible. But then yes. Nixero published emails allegedly sent by Rizada in which he clearly threatens Rick Fox's family. 
So that was a fucking lie. Now it actually gets worse from here. A new site called Upcomer. Oh, I haven't even brought this bit up, so we'll cut off my kale eating friend for a second. Shit, I totally forgot about this. Uh, so, Upcomer is a new esports website that's doing reporting. You remember Kevin Hit, affectionately known in esports, uh, you know, by some people as Kevin Shit. I think that's unfair. Thorin calls him that. I'm just joking around. All, 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 the, all the beef has been uh, squashed between him and Duncan. Kevin's a really good dude and a nice guy and a hard worker. And he edited VP Esports and he got fucked over uh, there. But he got another job and he's over at uh, Upcomer now. So I'm expecting big things from them. Right? And Kevin hit donates and he shows up in chat. He's a cool dude. Um, anyway, uh, and I'm pr proud to have worked with him and watched him develop. Anyway, these texts are unreal. These are unreal. And I looked into these, and I've, I've gone out and verified these. Now, there's some inaccuracies in this report, actually. Right. It's by a guy called Aaron McCunis. I don't know who that is. Um, but there are a few things wrong with this. So, it says here, Echo Fox investor Amit Rosada, who was reported to threaten both Rick Fox and his family, as well as Target former Echo Fox CEO Gis Hall, with blatantly racist verbal attacks... A little bit of editorial input here. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I would. I would drop the hyperbole. There's no need to say blatantly racist attacks. They're just racist, racist attacks, racist abuse. Again, you need a journalists. We tone down hyperbole. We tone it down. Just the facts. Um, anyway, neither here nor there. Has reportedly also attacked other fellow investors, according to screenshots of texts sent upcomer by sources today. Warning, these texts contain uh, offensive and uh, graphic uh, language. Now, I don't even know how much I can show on Twitch, honestly. Um, but let's just say, uh, first of all, that they aren't other investors in Echo Fox. That's an inaccuracy. These texts pertain to another business partner from another business um and you can see here um he calls somebody a uh, a dumb jew the rest are pretty yeah the rest are bad I, I, they're not twitch friendly let's just say there's some um to, to, that he says to jewish people um you're not even a real journalist stuff about burning in camps right. let's leave it there and um there's some other stuff besides uh, homophobic slurs i mean it's it's unbelievable uh thank you by the way mosquito crucifixion what a wonderful name what a good name so so now yo it's 420 justice for two pound gone but never forgotten love you dad what did he do again why did i ban two pound i can't even remember now there's been so much so much going on um, you'll have to tell me, Bren. Anyway, um, thanks for the donation, of course. Now, anyway, uh, th th these don't pertain to esports in any way, shape, or form. These date, these predate esports. So this this report is a little bit inaccurate. Um, obviously, though, his lawyers aren't going to come out and go, "That's inaccurate," because I did that anti-Semitic abuse at totally a different time. Ha! Ah, I anti-Semitically abused somebody else, idiot. So yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna do that, right? Because that would be fucking stupid. Um, so they're gonna let this stand, but it is inaccurate because I looked into it myself. Um, but anyway, so imagine all of this <laughs> around this one guy in LCS. And what Riot Games have said is he's got to go, or your slot's got to go. I mean, that's basically like people are telling me behind the scenes, by the way, that it is that serious. That there is a very real chance that Echo Fox are pulled out of the league as a brand 
if they stick with this Amit Rosada guy. So they got to fucking think about how they're going to do it. Anyway. But Richard, you started this long fucking ramble that lifts the veil on esports and we learn so much, all 500 of us right here, right now, getting educated about the business of esports and what goes on behind the scenes and the, the bigger picture and everything else, giving it, giving it to us raw, right? Well, what's it got to do with Activision Blizzard? Well, there's another lawsuit that's been going on, my homies. Um, and I think this is interesting. <laughs> it's super interesting. So, you might have heard of a little guy. Robert Kraft. And you ever heard of this dude? And it's weird, isn't it? Because no one is talking about Robert Kraft. In fact, actually, before I bring up that one, let, let me let me link you to this one, right? We'll go back to the beginning. Let's talk about Robert Kraft. Now, Robert Kraft, as I said, hugely important to the Overwatch League. Hugely important. No, again, variety. I will never be at that summit, no matter how many times you ask me to go. Never, 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 never. Right. So imagine when you have to rely on variety for fucking accurate reporting. Variety that's going to shut down its gaming section after it fucking published that god-awful weird Tucker Carlson article um, about The Division 2, where it's like, this has nothing to do with Tucker Carlson. Why, why you know um, Right. Now, Robert Kraft <laughs> was so important to the Overwatch League Robert Kraft was so important to the Overwatch League, to the point where literally he was the first big-name owner that was on. Robert Kraft had gone to the year previous before Overwatch League coming out. He went to BlizzCon then and was talking to Blizzard, Activision Blizzard ex executives. I understand he's got very good relationships with Bobby Kotick. Um, and basically what happened was Robert Kraft, had, yes, the, Robert Kraft, owner of the Patriots, right, you know. Um, he uh, got caught by a sting operation that wasn't intended to catch him by the way uh <laughs> being involved in a prostitution service in a massage parlor i'll read what they say right this is what's out there publicly right robert Kraft, owner of the new england patriots and overwatch league team boston uprising is one of more than two dozen charged this friday with soliciting prostitutes in connecting with a sweeping nearly year-long investigation into human trafficking across south florida police said now what's interesting is and again we'll just interject here a lot of people have gone who cares richard you're not puritanical you've been with prostitutes you, you made no you make no bones about this in countries where it's legal guys in countries where it's legal richard lewis don't break no laws but anyway you know, so how the fuck could you judge a guy for getting a fucking topless hand shandy in a fucking massage parlor? How could you do it? Right? Well, this was a bit deeper than that, you see. It wasn't, um, oh, God, I'm sorry about that erection. Oh, oh it's never happened before, but, oh, God, I, oh, I don't know if I can enjoy the rest of the massage if it's there. And, you know, they sigh and they roll their eyes and they give it like five tugs and, you know, clean you up with a towel and, you know, you pay fucking $400 for the fucking privilege or whatever the fuck. This, the whole reason this particular massage parlor was being fucking investigated was because they uh, even a real were suspected to have like people who've been right. sold into sex slavery Smile. working there. Smile. 
Thank you, Moose Flies. Or Moose L Flies, sorry. Crazy name. Difficult to say. 16 months though. Right? Um, so, dudes, I'm just putting this out there, by the way. If you're trying to last to impress the fucking massage girl who doesn't want to fucking be doing what she's doing for money, you're a piece of shit. Go to your happy places, get it over with quick. Who gives a fuck? You know, like, like she's like she's gonna judge you any harshly, any more harshly if you come quick. Like she's gonna go up. You know what? There's only one thing I hate more than assholes that force me into hand jobs during massages. It's premature ejaculating asshole. Like, no, it doesn't grow the fuck up, you idiots. Uh, right, anyway, nothing, and that's nothing to do with Robert Kraft, by the way. Um, so. You're actually doing her a disservice if you go, right, this is the one. This is 15 minutes minimum. And you're just thinking about, like, faces of death or whatever. You're going to... You know what I mean? You're not doing her any favors. Right. So this was about... This was about sex slavery. This thing. They suspected that the massage parlor... It had people working there who would literally shouldn't even be in the country, who'd been sold into sex slavery, that weren't women making their own choices. And that's why they would, did a year-long sting on this parlor. You see, that's the part everyone tries to gloss, gloss over, that there was a human trafficking component to this. Right? So it's all fine and dandy. <laughs> rich man gets a hand job. <laughs> right? So uh, that's, that's fine. Under normal circumstances, takes a slightly dark and sinister turn, doesn't it? When that's the reason the police were there in the first place. Just saying. Um, Kraft, 77, faces two counts of soliciting another to commit prostitution, according to Jupiter Police Chief Daniel Kerr. Those charges arise out of two different visits to the orchards of Asia Day Spa in jupiter florida uh, florida about a month ago the sex acts were captured on surveillance video according to kerr but Kraft has not yet been arrested spokesperson for Kraft denied the allegations the nfl sent the following to variety the nfl is aware of the ongoing law enforcement matter and will continue one of developments denies the allegations denies the allegations didn't it didn't happen because when you deny the allegations you're saying it didn't happen oh hello slow right Ah, uh, my, my video card's probably overheating again, is it? I really gotta fucking stick an ice pack on it. Anyway, neither here nor there. Right, he denies the allegations. Denies them. Didn't happen. Problem you got is, there's a video of it happening, right? And, um, what, what, in a major victory, by the way, like, chances are, nothing further is gonna come of it for Mr. Kraft. Florida State Attorney... Uh, appeals the judge's ruling because hello ladies and sirs Look hello hello i i miss you old spice man please get involved in esports you're a cool dude um right so what happened was the defense for robert Kraft said hey this video by the way was made in breach of my client's uh, rights i think it was was it the fourth amendment rights um it was made in an illegal fashion and we just simply can't have the video that doesn't exist because because <laughs> we denied that it happened, but we can't have the video of the thing that didn't happen happening be brought into the prosecution. 
and this is why if you have money you you get the best lawyers and no doubt the lawyer went and got some fucking case laws where this has been cited in similar cases as similar dudes and similar situations and said well according to grimshaw versus the state the video was made in a proper fashion and can't be entered into evidence so and now a judge goes well yep okay i've looked at the uh, annotated uh, version of this yep that's absolutely right so anyway the prosecutor now uh, is having to appeal the judge's ruling that the state can't use the surveillance video and other evidence that doesn't exist because it didn't happen, but it's there for some reason uh, in the prostitution solicitation journalism. case against NFL owner Robert Kraft. Um, judge Leonard Hanser issued the ruling on Monday, and the ruling was a major win for Kraft, who sought to suppress the purported evidence because it can't possibly exist. Uh, 15th Judicial Circuit State Attorney Dave Arenberg appeal doesn't specify any arguments. It's looking bad. The prosecutor's getting fucking reamed. Right? So, Kraft's lawyers challenged the validity of the search warrant that let authorities install hidden cameras inside the spa and then argued that the warrant violated Kraft's Fourth Amendment rights and Florida state laws. Kraft's attorney, William Burke, issued a statement Friday saying Ehrenberg's appeal is, uh, is the prosecutor acknowledging he has no case without the illegal video recordings that don't exist because we're denying it that four Florida judges have now found to be unconstitutional. No evidence means no trial. So the state had only two options, drop the case or appeal. They chose to appeal, uh, but we are confident the appellate court will agree with Judge Hanser and the other judges who threw out the illegally obtained evidence. And here's the thing, rich or poor, the one thing you can always bank on a jury or fucking go with or anyone to go with um, is if you got the evidence in an illegal fashion, go fuck yourself. So Robert Kraft's skating on that thing that never happened, that there's a video of that never happened. It, it, <laughs> and imagine this. Blizzard have said nothing. Blizzard have said nothing. They've said nothing about this. They've literally not even addressed the elephant in the room. Not only that, people are telling me we can't report this, actually. There's a reason. Shouldn't this be a big story? Like, from an esports perspective, if Chris Badawi improperly treating players and having a League of Legends franchise slot is bad, if fucking... Amit Razada, a fucking shareholder in a team, it's super bad. Him being racist. The fucking brand name you used to leverage people to buy slots in your league and the fucking owner of one of your supposedly most popular teams and most popular brands in your league is embroiled in not just the prostitution scandal, but prostitutes who may or may not have been trafficked. <laughs> like, you're going to say nothing about this, Blizzard. And absolutely, they will say nothing. They will say absolutely nothing about it, and it will go away, and we'll all just have to pretend it didn't happen. It, it will be cast into the annals of history. Fucking... I know Dreamcasper was straight fucking nonsense or whatever if those text messages had to be believed. But he was just gone like that. There weren't even an investigation. Just, right, he just airbrushed out of history. Gone. Just, whoop. <laughs> it, it was Dreamcasper. Like, Robert Kraft is an important dude. Good on you, Davey. Good to see you, buddy. 
You know it, you it's just mind blowing to me. It's just mind blowing to me. I, I I don't even want the old spice dude associated with this. Make him go away. Let's get Robert. Uh, you know. This, why do you want to be associated with this old spice man? It's just mind blowing. Say something. Put a statement out there. We are aware of the allegations, but it's just when you realize, oh wait, it's not a real league. Because even the NFL put a statement out. Even the NFL said, we are watching with great interest what happens. Because let me tell you, if Robert Kraft, if he got pinched and he was found guilty in a court, and he was looking at some time, because he never served it, but if he was looking at like a fine or like whatever the fuck it would be, um, trust me, the NFL would take some form of action against I mean, the NFL's a fucking joke. You only have to look at the Ray Rice situation to realize that. And then they fucking overcorrect with fucking Zeke the Freak and wreck him. You know, but anyway, uh, I don't want to get into that fucking dirty water. But like, even the NFL, even the NFL fucking talked about this. And the Overwatch League just didn't say a fucking thing. And you know why they didn't say a fucking thing about it? They didn't say a fucking thing about it because Robocraft's too goddamn important. And they are sick and tired of the negative headlines. And it don't matter. It wouldn't matter. Do you know what's crazy? I am telling you, hand on heart, it's not going to happen now because, you know, his lawyers are shit hot. Like, let me, let me tell you, if I ever get to some shit, I want Robert Kraft's lawyers. No doubt about it. There's a video that we deny the existence of, but you can't bring that video into evidence. It doesn't exist. But if it did exist, it would be against my client's rights. Does it exist or doesn't it? We'd rather not be in, we'd rather not be drawn on that question. Like you're you're fucking god tier. Get get me that fucking lawyer. Get me that fucking lawyer right now. Like, uh, but anyway, it, like I'm telling you, even if Robert Kraft had been found guilty, even if the video got linked to TMZ. Just putting it out there, by the way, prosecutors. Nothing to lose at this point. You blame a leak in the office. You know, you're not going to get sued. It'll be TMZ. And they'll fucking run it. They don't give a fuck. Just putting that out there. But fucking... <laughs> even if Robert Kraft was found guilty, do you think Overwatch would do anything? Do you think Overwatch would be like, okay, our owner may have got... <laughs> A hand job off a human trafficked prostitute. They may have. Um, so we've decided to ban them from the uh, arena for three months. It w nothing's ever happening, is it? Nothing's ever fucking happening. Like it, it's so beyond a fucking joke. 